Yes, yes. Hello, hello. How y'all doing? Welcome to the Accountable Love Podcast, where love means being accountable. My name's Aziz. And today we have a guest that y'all have seen on the podcast in every season. She, last podcast, she discussed her wounds. She opened up. She got vulnerable with our listeners and everybody else. And today we're going to discuss our wounds and how they affect our relationship. So enjoy. We all have trauma. We all have wounds. We all have scars that we want to heal. But how are you going about doing that? Are you bringing baggage into your new relationships? Are you not even really taking the time to really nurse those wounds? Are you surrounding yourself with people that identify and share the same wounds so nothing's ever getting healed? Are you seeking the right support and proper help? Do you want your personal relationships to flourish? Or do you want your personal relationships to be built around your wounds? I want y'all to think about it. Today, Mahogany joins me to really discuss how wounds affect personal relationships. All right, Joe. Yes, yes. What's going on, everybody? You know, I want to again welcome Mahogany. Thanks for, you know, giving us your time. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So as we talked about today, we're going to discuss how our wounds affect our relationships. And, you know, we just want to dive in and have our listeners really dissect their wounds and really see how just coming in as an individual wounded person can overall affect all the relationships around us. So, you know, how do you believe that our wounds, you know, affect relationships, our relationships overall? Um, well, you come in with a deficiency, you know, um, usually, you know, if you haven't dealt with your wounds, you come in with a lack of trust, a fear of being heard, a fear of being um, betrayed, you know, all of the different fears and uh worries of past feelings and things happening again gets Definitely. in the way of someone actually getting to know you for exactly who you are. Um, and it, absolutely, it actually puts uh, the person you're dealing with in a position not to be able to trust you because now you're dealing from a, from a space of being wounded and they don't have a chance. <laughs> They're not getting a full, a full chance. They're not getting um, the opportunity to show you who they are because, because they're being viewed through past eyes. Definitely. So when, you know, I heard you mention they're not getting a chance to know who you are. Do you believe a person that really attached, attaches their wounds to their identity truly has a greatest, a great sense of self? Do they even know who they are? No, absolutely not. Um, because you start identifying through the wound. You start identifying. I remember, you know, um, Prior to me getting to where I am today, you know, I remember a moment of believing that I that all of the things that people uh, thought of me as in regard to like being violent and different things like that. I'm like, you know, that's just who I am. Definitely, <laughs> I definitely. That that's who I was, and um, it took, you know, not only dealing with people who knew me prior to those wounds, 
but um, really getting a full sense of self to see that, no, I was acting out of, you know, uh, the things that hurt me. I was responding via pain versus, you know, really knowing how to articulate, you know, what I was feeling. Definitely. So how, you know, how has that affected your relationships? Like having that violent tendencies, you know, really lashing out, you know, not really letting people in. How did that affect your personal relationships as all? Um, well, in the past, I've, I've been violent in relationships. Um, okay. So I've hurt people that, I, you know, didn't deserve to be hurt. Um, I also, you know, I started getting a, a reputation of just being a violent person. All right. <laughs> and I, and I've, I'm peace over war, like truth. Like, and unless I feel like I need pr- to be protected or protect my loved ones, that's not even a route that I would choose to go unless I absolutely have to. Definitely. Yeah, I heard you say that you have been labeled. Did you earn that label? I like did. You was being labeled as being violent, but did you earn that label? I absolutely I earned it because I was acting out of feelings versus acting out of logic and and um and self-awareness. Okay. That's 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 fair right there. So there's this big understanding that, you know, we have triggers. So when we have wounds, regardless of the wounds, regardless of our past, regardless of the things we've been through, our goal as love snobs is to understand that when you're now entering relationships with a new person, these people are your future. These people are the people that's going to help you persevere past the wounds. They're going to enhance your life. They're going, you're getting with this person or you're allowing this person to be in your life because you believe that they're not going to be a hindrance. They're actually going to be an encouragement. They're actually going to be progress. They're actually going to be somebody that supports you. So we had a lot of people talk about their triggers. You know what I mean? And I want to know where you stand. I know where we stand as a whole, as a, you know, as a company, but where do you stand when it comes to your triggers? Do, is it other people's job to avoid your triggers or is it your job to understand your triggers? So I put, my belief is that triggers come by way of, um, soreness, right? Like if, Mm -hmm. if, if you were punched in the same spot over and over again, right. As soon as somebody goes to touch that spot, it triggers a response, whether it's jump, whether it's to hit back, it triggers a response, okay. which means that that area isn't healed. That area still hurts. Yeah, that's right? a good so, analogy. So the way that I see it is that our triggers are there to identify that there is something there that needs to be dealt with. Right. And other people can't heal us. We can only heal us. We we Definitely. utilize we utilize outside sources to support us in our healing. And to help us identify the areas which need to be healed, you know, but um, the the work needs to be done by way of us. So if we're not doing the work um, and someone is experiencing us in a way that is not a positive experience, we need to be able to identify that and understand that it's some work that needs to be done. Now, do I believe that... um, in times where you're not yet where you need to be healing wise, 
Mm -hmm. Um, Wound-wise, that you're going to need grace (laughs) at moments. Absolutely grace. But do I believe that someone is supposed to put themselves in a line of fire just because you're deciding that I went through something and this is hurting me? Hell no. Okay. So what I heard you mention grace. What does grace look like? Grace looks like somebody holding you accountable and giving you an opportunity to show show different. Giving you the opportunity to show up for yourself, which by by at the same time ends up being you showing up for them. Okay, so it doesn't mean stopping the conversation. It doesn't mean stopping, you know, where the conversation is going. It doesn't mean biting their tongue. It just means that you have an understanding that that's a trigger. And you give them the time to process that trigger in the in real time. That's what Absolutely. you're saying. Like get Absolutely. a clear understanding. I don't think that running is a part of the process. Okay. Or stepping back from the the heat. No, I think I think you have to face it head on. Um, the only time that I've actually received any real insight on who I am and and, and what I needed was by way of me actually facing the fire. Definitely. What's the, so like we're having this discussion regarding, you know, relationships and wounds, and now there's a variety of relationships. So mm-hmm. with the love snobs and, you know, love is a group journey, we only deal with relationships you choose. So parenting, mm-hmm. you choose to become a parent. You know what I mean? You choose, you make that decision within the, you know, the nine months and you make a decision to be friends and you make a decision to be spouses. You don't make a decision to be family. You're born into family, right? So we really don't mm-hmm. touch on that because that's a whole different dynamic. So mm-hmm. when making these decisions, are you discussing your wounds before the commitment or are you discussing your wounds after the commitment or during the commitment? When do you think that these wounds should be resolved within the relationship before it becomes a commitment or during the commitment? I think I think prior to commitment, how okay. can somebody commit to something they don't know what they're committing to? All right. So I'm 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 I believe in transparency. I believe in stating. Like I I, I still tell people about my violent past, even though it's not my present. Definitely. They need to know exactly who they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Although that's not my reality right now, you know, they need to know exactly the ins and outs of who I've been, who I am, and who I would love to be. Who I'm working towards being. Definitely. I, I, I agree with that 100%. I mean, you have to put everything out on the table. You have to give people choice. You have to give people informed choice. You know what I mean? And that's what's missing from this idea of choice. You have to inform people. It's not just your choice to keep secrets. It's your choice to, give, <laughs> exactly. your choice to inform people. So when you're giving people that information and you're having these discussions how do you go about having these discussions when you don't even know if this is a person you're going to commit to you know this is where the scary part happens because you're giving people a piece of who you are you're giving people your wounds you're opening up you're being vulnerable and like you said this should happen before the commitment but you're not yet committed to anything so you're giving these people your secrets you're giving these people your heart you're giving these people the things that you hold dear and you're being very vulnerable. How do you discuss and have and, and have these discussions with people regarding being vulnerable before the commitment even takes place? 
Well, first off, I'm 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 very transparent in my conversation in regards to my expectations as well. Okay. So early on, they know that not only am I going to be telling them a truth, <laughs> my truth, I'm expecting to receive truths as well. Definitely. I mean? So it's not just one sided; it's an exchange. Not to mention um, the 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 things that happened in my past. I have I've done the work. So I'm I'm not um I'm not worried about people knowing my past any longer. It's not okay. a, I, although it's although you know it it wasn't my greatest self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a part of who I've been and who I've accepted that that's who I was at the time. Definitely. So when I speak. I'm completely open with the fact that there's a possibility that others will know this, but I tell my own damn story. So it doesn't matter. Definitely. So you're getting ahead of the curve, but I'm all talking about, and you know, you're doing the work now, like you did the mm-hmm. work. So now you're creating a, a, a program, a system where people are going to benefit because they're going to come to this system and understand their wounds. It's going to be a, a movement. It's going to be a change of mentality. Mm-hmm. So. When narrowing it down is just relationships, forget the individual at this point and actually using the individual to connect with others. How do you really show them the framework of really opening up to people that they may not have a long term commitment with that may reject them? How do you encourage them to do so? Because we know you did it, but how would you encourage them to do so? Well, I think there's, there's there's steps to be taken prior to getting to that point. And that's okay. exactly the reason why, um, you know, we say to do, do your work prior to, you know, the engagement okay. of others because of the fact that you need to be solid in understanding that uh, you are all of who you are, not parts of who you are, right? So if... I have a list of negatives. I also have a list of positives. So the same way I'm okay with listing all of my positives, I got to be just as solid with, with the fact that I have work to do or I've, I've, I've had work to do. And um, these are the areas. Once you become self-aware, um, you understand both, both ends of the spectrum, Right. And then after the self-awareness, you need to be solid enough to, and, and um, realistic enough with yourself to understand that, you know, um, these things are here. And in order for me to actually engage and, and connect with others, they need to know me, not parts of me, but all of me. So it takes a, a level of self-acceptance um, to get to that point anyway definitely do you but do you think that others is a big part of the process because we can't see that's what i'm saying what we can't see other people have to see and identify and bring to our attention which that's why we say love is a group journey so when we hear people discuss self-love we obviously call it self-awareness because you can't have love by yourself because you don't Mm. really know you know, you really don't know who you truly are until you're in the presence of people who understand who you are from an external. Yeah, the component. reciprocation isn't an intention. You know what yet. I mean? So you need to 
have the self-awareness to actually surround yourself with people who are going to be honest with you, upfront with you, but going to have to share your core values and they're going to share your destination. So how would you go about, would you encourage them to connect with people that share their wounds, like that have the similar wounds, or would you have them connect with people that actually have overcome those wounds? Overcome or, or always, because I mean, I mean, we want to, we want to be able to sharpen one another. Mm-hmm. Those are the greatest relationships. The greatest relationships are the ones who can can feed your spirit, can grow you, can can help sharpen your tools, can do all of those things that I spoke about. Those lists of greats and those lists list of needs help. <laughs> How does someone who doesn't who doesn't do the work themselves help you? Definitely, <laughs> they're gonna give you excuses. You need people who are living in a space of I want to be greater around you in order for them to be able to not only identify, but hold you accountable. And I, I realize that the people around who, the only people around who are able to hold me accountable are those who are being accountable, who are living accountable. Others, Definitely. like I've been around people who made excuses for me <laughs> and I'm telling them, that's not an excuse <laughs> about myself. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you're not necessarily on my wavelength because you're not going to shop with me. You're going to give me crutches. Definitely. I'm not looking for crutches. I'm looking to stand up. So I think you use the key word. Like, that's what I was saying. There's people that identify with you and mm-hmm. there's people that see you greater than your wounds. Right. So mm-hmm. like we're looking for people who identify like you've been hurt. I've been hurt, too. So we're going to just sit and talk about our hurt. Now they believe they're doing the work because, you know, they're opening up. They're talking to somebody who's actually identified and can identify with them. But then there's they're not really going to discuss the people that or have those discussions with the people who haven't had those wounds, but they're in good health. So they're the destination these people want to get back to. You get Um, what I'm saying? Whereas they don't really identify with you, but they're like, no, we're going to get you to where you where, where we are. Meaning we mm-hmm. don't have those wounds. No, we can't identify with those exact wounds, but we do know what a healthy lifestyle looks like. Looks like. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying we do we do you believe we spend more time identifying than actually getting past the wounds or building towards health? Are you asking me if that's what we should be doing? Or are you asking me if that's what society does? That's what we do. Do we spend more time identifying than actually getting I, past the I think most people I think most people spend more time identifying than getting past the wound. Absolutely. But okay. as a healthy as a healthy practice, I think getting uh working to get past the wound is is the goal. Yeah, definitely. So we hear it throwing around like context. You know what I mean? But I don't know if it's used when it comes to relationships, we still want to feel. We still want the emotions. We still you being insensitive, you're being this. We still want to put emotions to things. Can you explain context when it comes to a wound and connecting it with the relationship? Like, how does context play a part in that connection? I'm not sure I understand the question. Okay. So what I'm saying is we understand context, right? Context mm-hmm. is present, what's going on in the moment, separating your past experience and just really narrowing it on what's being said and who you're talking to. How mm-hmm. does context play a part in getting past the wound and identifying with people within that relationship? 
that also goes back to when I was saying triggers. It also goes back mm-hmm. to saying where you're watching a movie and which would probably be a trigger, but a person has an opinion that's opposite of yours in, in dealing with your world. You know what I mean? How do you have the discussion based on context and not just the emotion and the the, the pain of the world? You know well, what I mean? I think for, first and foremost, like um, ground rules need to be discussed prior to the discussion. Okay. You know what I mean? Right. I think um, both both parties or however many parties need to understand that we're not dealing from a feeling space, but we're dealing from a logic space and um, absolutely dealing with what is at hand and, and, and who is at hand. So, you know, one thing that you've brought to my attention often is like considering who the information is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Because once you are dealing with someone who has shown you a, 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 a strong level of integrity, a strong level of, of principle, has shown up, is, it doesn't show to be a liar, you know, all of these different things. Um, if this person with all of those qualities that I just spoke of is coming to you to address something or discuss something and you're triggered, now you got to question why it is that you can't take this information from this person that you should be able to trust because they've shown nothing but that, you know, throughout your exchanges. Definitely. Right. So a, a lot of it has to do with like you you always laugh about laugh at me because I always be like, I had a conversation with myself. <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot. I do mm-hmm. that a lot because I I, I understand who I am. I am very self-aware. So when things do bother me or when things do trigger me or when I'm feeling iffy in a space that doesn't warrant it, I'm constantly questioning myself as to why. What did what did this do? What did this make you feel? Why did you feel this? And and once coming to those answers, now I know um what I can share with the people that I trust. You know what I mean with my my with my health and my my mental stability, so that we get to a place of figuring out what's the steps I need to take to get past now a new wound that I found. Okay. You know, but I say all that just to say, like, um, really identifying the entire situation is necessary. So that's why I I I'm the self awareness heart is so necessary because you won't realize that you're responding from a trigger. You won't realize that you're not um, that you're not taking into account who you're speaking to. You know what I mean? You're just asking just these actions happening and that's not the healthy way to interact with anyone. Definitely. So what would you say a healthy relationship would look like? Before we get into um, the next, I'm going to go back to what you said, but I just want to have a clear understanding of what do you, what's your definition of a healthy relationship? A healthy relationship builds you, mm-hmm. doesn't um, deteriorate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a healthy relationship um, is built upon a great level of principles and trust that allows you to 
um, be transparent completely from both ends and reciprocate each other's energy exactly the way it's supposed to be reciprocated, right? Um, communication, healthy level of communication. You know, all of us have very different different uh, ways to uh, communicate it, mm-hmm. but being being open and free to healthy communication, understanding that, okay, how can I, if we're not speaking the same language in this moment, what is it that I can do to make this conversation better? Or even even if you need outside sources, <laughs> bringing mm-hmm. that in to Definitely. maintain the quality. Is yeah, to maintain the quality of a relationship. If that's it, if you're in a, dealing in a relationship, I'm believing that the goal is to maintain a quality one. So doing what it takes to maintain that, knowing that you're choosing um, what's best for the whole at all times. Definitely. So in saying that, do you believe like, so we're going back to now context. We're going back to mm-hmm. a healthy relationship. We're going back to, you know, somebody blurting something out that is a trigger. Do you mm-hmm. believe a big part of our relationships is the fact that we stifle communication? Like one of the things in every relationship or every relationship should have is that we should be able to communicate any and everything, regardless of how it makes a person feel. So we can now start the dialogue. Would you yeah. believe that that's that's the that's what's predicated on healthy communication? Like that's the framework, that's the foundation. Would you say like, you know, because a lot of people are more worried, like we're in our heads, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh well, you know, like you discussed on our last podcast that you, you know, you've been molested. So now when we're watching something where a person's being molested, or we're watching something where a person is, you know, a person is being fairly, let's say, may, may not even be molestation, but it may connect based on somebody being bullied because it's all helplessness. You know what I mean? It all mm-hmm. goes into that point. And then I make a comment like, well, people need to stand up. They need to have the strength to fight for themselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you naturally is going to be a trigger for you. It's going to be like, what? Like sometimes people can't fight for themselves, right? That's going to be the dialogue. But if we truly believe that we should have an open line of communication, you're less offended and you're more going to educate or you're more going to have the dialogue, which creates the help because you have the belief system like this person has the right to say what they believe. But now I have the right to challenge what they said. And then we start a dialogue. Absolutely. Healthy relationship looks like or healthy communication looks like. But so many people sell it as cater to the wound. Don't bring it up. Avoid it. Don't say that. You I mean, that's why so many people are unhealthy. Definitely. So what would be your approach? Like, how about, would you teach that where people are having a clear understanding of what true healthy communication looks like through context? Well, those are those, like I said, is I, I believe that everything comes by way of um, by way of what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the rule book, like like creating your own understanding prior to yeah, creating your own understanding 
um, but prior to engaging, like I like I tell you, like I told you the other day, like um, a lot of people like to use the term uh, safe space, mm-hmm. and I believe in a safe space, but because of what I see, most people believe a safe space is. I had to be very mindful in stating, like this is a safe space. What that does not mean is that <laughs> your feelings are not going to get hurt. What that Definitely. does not mean is that there's not going to be transparency and honesty in this space. What it does not mean is that you're not going to be judged because judgment is necessary to get to the other side. So when you when you speak of that, that's what I come to. I come to the laying, drawing out exactly what this looks like going forward. Mm-hmm. everybody's agreeing that this is what we're doing going forward so that we can hold each other accountable for this is how things roll within, you know, um, a healthy relationship going forward. This is Definitely. what we're doing. You know what I mean? Um, I actually saw a video I thought was pretty quiet. I might have sent it to you on TikTok. Uh, this girl was joking with her boyfriend. It was like a prank. So she put the camera on and she's like talking to him crazy. And when he came in the room, he's like, huh? Because she's like cursing him out in the other room. But the point of it was to see his reaction because they don't deal like that. Mm-hmm. So when he came in the room, he said, are you okay? Because this is not how we operate. Like this yeah, is not yeah, how I we speak that. to I've each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I thought it was so cool because he 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 didn't allow emotion to take over. He didn't allow what he knows they've been prior to be triggered. It was more of a, hold on, I'm going to need you to check yourself in this moment because we've come to an agreement of how we deal and this ain't it. Definitely. And I thought it was, I thought it was really dope. Definitely. I mean, I, and I, when I seen the video, because you, you did send it to me and I did watch it. I just seen a person that I, I wondered if it was the other way around, how that would have looked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I seen, I actually seen a man that still had a opinion about how you kind of deal with women. Like he wasn't going to go there based on not just the relationship, but based on him being in the relationship with a woman. So he was that. like, yeah, he was more like really gauging it. You know what I mean? Like, Gauging it like I would have loved to see if it was an equal in that regard. Like if it was an equal that he felt he can like have an encounter with. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But you gave me perspective just now. Because I mean, like I can see now I can see that other perspective. But that's the first thing I thought. Like mm-hmm. he might be handling her with a little bit of kid gloves because he really don't want to go there. But he reinforced the fact that they actually lit, they actually handle things a different way. Get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But that this is why it's important to communicate, right? Because you just gave me a different perspective because I just seen it from the female male dynamic. And you actually did what I normally do and seen it from the overall dynamic. See, I'm saying the whole, the relationship, the actual connection. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is important. So you gave me perspective in just in this moment where I'm like, okay, I can see that. He brought it back. He didn't let it go out of hand. 
He didn't engage in the negativity. He stayed focused on the goal. And it's all the things that we actually focus on. And in that quick moment, all I seen was male, female. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Based on the state of being I was in. You get what I'm saying? Because obviously I'm always in the male, female dynamic <laughs> constantly. You get what I'm saying? So it depends on where I was, right? So it shows how it can be dangerous if you don't deal with context. It can mm-hmm. be dangerous because she's above a woman and he's like above a man. Their relationship, right? So I do see what you're saying, right? It needs to be, there needs to be a framework. There needs to be understanding. And I'm glad we got to the point of what I'm trying to say. There needs to be a line of accountability, right? And, you know, a lot of us is looking at individual things, individual accolades, how we deal with things individually. But me and you are now, I'm creating an accountable love and a system in place where it's accountable relationships, where it can be universally taught. It's something mm-hmm. that people can build on their relationships universally, regardless of the individuals, regardless of the people in place. They can take it, learn it, and apply it. And you're doing mm-hmm. the same. So that's why I asked you about the framework. Like, can you walk in a room and say, no, a safe space means we should all be able to argue, have strong opinions and views, but actually come to agreement. Like, the goal is to get on the same page, mm-hmm. right? Period. No, this is for her. This is how she handles it, how he handles it, how they yeah, handle yeah, it. Yeah. Where you're like, no, I'm teaching a system. Are you able to come in a room and be definite and be absolute that a system works? Mm-hmm. Because when we look at it, a relationship is a system that's built by individuals coming together and agreeing and creating agreements and principles that they are willing Absolutely. to honor above the individual, right? Absolutely. So when now we're looking at wounds, how I see it sometimes is like the wounds take precedent over the relationship. And it's That's not about you, the individual. It's about the strength of our relationship. And if you're coming from a place of how you leading the relationship with wounds, when I'm supposed to be leading the relationship because I don't have the wounds, I'm supposed to get you to this place. So when we're talking about the connection and you dealing with, you know, and actually your system, you're putting your system in place. That's why I'm asking you about context. Like, how do you teach triggers? How do you teach, you know, I mean, effective communication within the relationship when discussing something as sensitive as wounds? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Right now, I bring up all your wounds. When we first started really spending time together, it would trigger you different. Like, yo, you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, but I actually studied it. Like, so you think the only way you could experience something is through it happening to you through physical. And I'm like, no, you can experience it through watching it. You could experience it through living through somebody else going through it. You could experience it through education. Like, why do we limit what experience is? Mm -hmm. So we started a dialogue where I didn't go through it, but I lived through it because you have been my family member. I have family members that struggled with it. So I know what it's like on the other end of having to live through it constantly and have this person walk in a room and suck the air out of the room anytime based mm-hmm. on that wound, right? So we're constantly having dialogues we on different sides. So how do you teach how to get on the same page to actually form a relationship 
what would you say would be something that you can teach that's universal on getting on the same page when entering a relationship when both people have perspectives about a wound and you're trying to come together? Well, all of that is in the paperwork. That's not stuff that I'm um, speaking about just yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're still trying to figure it out. You're still trying to put everything together and make sure. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Is the in framework place. has to be in place, and then I have to. Um, I actually have to, you know, um, trademark it before I start going deep into the details of it. Okay, I can respect that. I can respect that, but. I'm saying from, okay, from your experience, how would you, how did you go about, like, now that you're in a place where you're healing mm -hmm. and the other people, you know, like you've been in a place where you weren't healed, how did that show up different where mm. now you're connecting with people? How did it show up? How did it show up differently? Mm -hmm. You mean like? Um, I mean more positively. How did you progress positively? When oh, um, I, I didn't know what happiness was okay. <laughs> back then. Um, I was exhausted. Every moment was being on a defense. Every moment was protecting self. Every every moment, every moment was protecting self. And what mm -hmm. happens? It, like that's survival mode. What happens Definitely. when you're in that space is is every man for themselves, which is what we're seeing, you know, Constantly. universally right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh it's 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 exhausting. It it's uh, a very skewed focus, right? So your your glass half empty versus glass half full or behind. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah, you're never gonna get the outcome that you say that you desire in life from that space. Because, you know, we're in a space now where people are finally identifying and understanding that they have the power to create their reality. Your mind, whatever you focus the most attention on, can create the outcome of your desire, right? Mm -hmm. I'm there, but, but so many people are still not understanding that they have to get control of of their, their negatives and positives in order to be able to live the desired outcome. So long story short, like I was, my life was going in like this hamster wheel. It was like, you know, and, and nobody would know it because the, the, unless you're healthy, you're looking through, you're looking through unhealthy eyes. So all you see is the accolades. You see that I am, you know, um, I am accomplishing things, right? See she's accomplishing things. She, she's doing this. She shines when she comes in a room. She, it all looks really, really pretty. <laughs> but I am unhappy. I am 100% toxic. Like everybody around me at one point, I remember getting to a place before I knew I had the tools. I was already for years trying to get to a place of truly um, healing. I just didn't know how. So I would do, I would put my own little things together. Like I started rolling around. I gave my children, I gave my friends, my family, members, like everybody, the opportunity to like tell me things about myself. Um, okay. 
And I remember the 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 constant was that I was hard to speak to and intimidating. Okay. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, y'all weak. That ain't what it is, right? In, in, in my head, in the beginning, yeah, like, 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 why are you? I'm a human being. Like, why are you intimidated by me? I am not, like I said, having self awareness and having an understanding of the whole. I was deleting certain uh, details from my reality. My Definitely. reality is I'm a world champion fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my reality is. I'm known to have a quick trigger and will hit anybody on the whim. So when, you, when somebody is telling you that you're intimidating to talk to, they can't tell you things because they're worried about your response. It's a valid point. Definitely. <laughs> it's a valid point. Based However, on based on the information provided. Based on the information that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. So going forward when I really got full self-awareness and when I really did start doing the work and understanding that my triggers are my responsibility and and really like being able to face the critique head on, you know what I mean? Take the accountability, make the adjustment. Not only did life become lighter, like people would tell me, like as soon as they get around me, like their energy is like, like it's a great thing. People okay. that weren't that, that were around me in the past that came around me is like something different. Like it's super different. People kept telling me I, like they could tell that I was happy. Mm-hmm. They were. It was easier to speak to me. Um, just relationships became easier in regard to those who really was there for that. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It became easier. However. And those who weren't there for a healthy relationship became harder for them, much mm-hmm. easier for me, because now I knew how to identify what was good for me and what wasn't, what um what what people were able to support this new version of me versus not. You know what I mean? So it's a very different, but it's a, it's two different sides of the coin. Definitely. Do you find it? Do you find more people want to be in relationships with you now or when you have wounds? When you was just dealing with Oh, when your I wounds? was wounded. Yeah, they were. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Don't you find that to be a little strange? I don't, though. I don't find yeah. it strange. I, mean, I know people don't want to see themselves. Now that you have the yeah. information, it's not as strange. But don't you find that? I'm not going to even use the word strange because it's the norm. So strange means exception or different from the norm. Or deviating from the norm. But I mean, would you, I would say, do you now see the world? How many people in the world need to heal versus absolutely it's, how many it's, you have to relate, like you can relate to? It's, it's you very know what clear. I'm saying? I, I relate to less people. Easily. Okay. Like, and what's crazy is um, I could always. I could always like kind of like I I I I was always I pick and choose, right? I always had that ability to pick and choose. I've never been someone who was shut out. I always, if I wanted something shut out, I was the door closer, right? Okay. So I could be around pretty much anyone in the past if I chose to. Um, today, 
I can't even choose to. <laughs> I'm like, people are nuts. Yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's glaring. It, it puts, yeah, it, it's a, it's a very funny. It's very funny being healed because you end up looking like the outsider. Mm-hmm. It's like what? I'm not the toxic one. You are. But there's a there's a movie. And if anybody's drinking, you're the toxic one. It's like, oh, she don't drink. She Mm -hmm. thinks she's too good to drink. Definitely, you a vegan. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Before it became popular. I eat clean. (laughs) I don't smoke. I don't drink. I work out. And I enjoy the company of great positive energy. And you could actually sit down for two hours and have a discussion. Yeah, for you to make that a negative is is crazy to me. But, you know, I get it. I understand where it comes from. You know, nobody wants to be around someone who is a uh, a glaring um, reminder that they're not, you know, willing to do the work. <laughs> so, so I get it. But, yeah, it, it, I, I definitely um, is less... I had somebody actually tell me, I ain't going to speak on who it was, but we, she ran down all of the positives about me and was like, yeah, you're not the it girl anymore because of these things. And I said, that's crazy. Definitely. That's crazy. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, you know, who it's coming from. It's like, it's not that I'm not the it girl. Because I still choose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still choosing. So I'm the it girl. But I understand that it's going to take a very different quality of, of person to align that, with me. The difference you know? is you're not trying to be the it girl. You're not trying to just have a bunch of people around you for popularity. You're doing it now to build No, a quality. It's always been quality, quality for me, though. Quality. It's always been quality for me. Now I just I understand quality different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I I can I can now identify things that I wasn't able to identify before. So people slip through the cracks, even though I was very selective then. People mm-hmm. slip through the cracks because I wasn't I wasn't as well versed. On, and you was identifying um, that too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Was that too. That too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You was doing more identifying. Now you're in a place of teaching, so mm-hmm. it makes you different. In that regard, it makes you more positively, positively more equipped, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, to really vet the people you have around you, not based on your connection with wounds, but based on how you're going to positively affect each other's lives. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that would be the difference. But I want to bring something back. So now that you do have all these glaring positives and you are standing out and are standing on your principles and like you're dedicated because before you had principles, but like you said, you let some things slip through the cracks where you was kind of identifying like, you know, they're human and trying to make sense. <laughs> you're justifying versus now <laughs> I understand I'm a human, you're a human, but I, I can choose based on my principles mm-hmm. who I want around me. So now you mm-hmm. fully have the right to choose based on your principles. Right. Does that still now make you hard to speak to? Um, to, find it- to, to, to- those who those who are not in the same uh, same space health wise, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I mean, it's the same. 
I just want to show the evolution of the same process. Like people can make that same determination on you when you were unhealthy and they can make that same determination when you're healthy. It's yeah, not about it's, the it's fact that you're hard. To, yes. It's not the fact that you're hard to talk to is the fact that they acknowledge that you were unhealthy, which made it hard to talk to. Mm-hmm. Now you're healthy, which makes it hard for them to talk to them, be, talk to you because how you reflect on them. Mm-hmm. Well, before it was a them thing. And I mean, before it was a you thing. Now it's a them thing. So mm-hmm. I want to make that clear because the, you know, we always hear people say, if everybody's saying it, it must be true. Oh, yeah, I'm buying for that. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, I want to be clear that it wasn't a quantity of, of the amount of people that when you sat down and was reflecting and saying the same thing, it wasn't the amount of people saying it. It was the validity that came behind. The Absolutely. Absolutely. What I'm saying is the fact that they gave you context, which goes back to context, right? They gave you mm-hmm. context to why they're saying it. Now they're giving you context to why they're saying it, but you're like, no, I'm not changing it because it's a positive. So whether I'm mm-hmm. hard to talk to or not, I'll just remain. Find somebody else to talk to. Definitely. So <laughs> now you can make that decision based on hard principles that are positive when before mm-hmm. you was making decisions based on negative means and wounds and triggers and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So I just want to make sure that people listening have a clear understanding that when it comes to wounds, it's not about the amount of people who talk to you. It's not about connecting. It's not about relating. It's not about, you know, having the most people identify with you. It's about healing. And true healing, as you mentioned, is meeting it head on, sitting down with people, self-discovery, having a clear understanding of how you want to connect with others and how they want you to connect with them, having empathy, having strong principles, a strong foundation. And not letting the wounds define you, but you make sure that you persevere past the wounds. Would you say that that's accurate? Absolutely. All right. So, you know, I'd like to thank you for joining me, having this discussion about, you know, having wounds and relationships. And I know, you know, we went, it seems like it was going back and forth, but there's a method to my madness. No, no, no. I see it when it's happening. Yeah, there's a method to my madness. I really want people to get the psychological standpoint from it and not just have this be a podcast about two people just having dialogue. But I want people to really take the time to think about what's being said and think about the unconscious thoughts behind those things. Because Mm -hmm. at this point, we're leaders. We're trying to change mentalities and we're trying to educate people towards health whether it's in relationships or primarily helping people get over their wounds. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this has been another Accountable Love podcast. My name's Aziz. That was Mahogany. Mahogany. Yeah. You know, (laughs) hope everybody, you know, listen, learn, and apply. All right, enjoy. Enjoy.